This is a Fubar Radio podcast. If you need any more information, head to fubarradio.com. Callum McSwiggan on Fubar Radio. I got these beliefs that I think you want to break. Got something here to lose that I think you want to take from me. You say that I'm asleep, but I wanna be awake. Got something here to lose, and I know you wanna take. And he said, Age is just a number, just like any other. We can do whatever, do whatever you want. Boy becomes a man now, can tell a man to slow down. He'll just do whatever, do whatever he wants Hello and welcome back to the Callum McSwiggan Show. That was the amazing choice of Anne there with his new song 17 from the album Bloom. I've literally been playing this song on repeat all week. I'm absolutely obsessed and I just, I, I love what the song's about, you know, it's about being young and and going out there and and having your first you know sexual experience and getting intimate with somebody for the first time and i know that can be quite difficult for a lot of gay men so it's a really 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 important song and beautiful as well um i'm here in the studio today with the amazing asifa lahore now how how are you doing asifa i'm not too bad at all callum i'm really really good i'm really relaxed how are you i'm very very good and i'm i'm actually really really excited to have you here because you may not know this but i've actually admired your work for a very very long time oh brilliant and i've considered you a big inspiration of mine for for a long time oh I, wow okay I, I saw you receive an attitude pride award That's a few correct. years back and that was the first time that i heard your story okay. and i was completely blown away and you know representation is so important and i think you did so so much for that um so would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about your story and your journey Sure. So I am Asifa Lahore and I'm most commonly known as Britain's first out Muslim drag queen. Um, I come from uh, a British Pakistani uh, background, so totally conservative Muslim. Uh, and when I was born, I was born in West London in like a place called Southall. Like if you haven't been to Southall before, you need to go like lots of curry houses, lots of like sari oh, shops, like glamorous women all about the place, jewellery everywhere. Um, and I grew up like in the heart of the British Asian community um, and I knew very early on that I was different like I knew very very early on that I was different and um, it wasn't until like you know when you're like 11 12 or maybe even 10 or 9 for some people like mm-hmm. when you're going through like your changes of life and you realize that you know other boys around you like girls but I kind of liked boys mm-hmm. and I obviously knew then that okay I like boys um, but because I came from like a Muslim background I found it so difficult to be myself because mm-hmm. I knew that um, one day like you know I'd have to tell my parents or uh, you know at that stage I didn't want to tell my parents I didn't tell anyone and um, it's only at, when I was 16 my sister read my diary Oh, and she realized then, you know, who I was. And she was like, you know, I'm cool with it. I get it. But don't tell mom and dad because they won't understand. Yeah. And literally she kind of she kind of 
cemented what I had thought all my entire life that look I can't tell mum and dad mm-hmm. so at 16 I went to the Brit school and I started like performing and being myself and I'm sure like a lot of people can relate to this it's like you live a double life mm-hmm. like at home you're one thing and outside you're another thing and I want people to like imagine like you know sort of having to live like these two lives where on one hand you're like totally being yourself you're expressing yourself you've got friends that accept you and then on the other hand you've got like you know you come back to your community and in my case it was the British Pakistani community and I had to like you know live up to like their standards um you know i was expected to like marry a woman i was expected to um you know be a good muslim boy and it was only when i got to university that i decided to come out and it was really difficult like i was taken to the doctor i was taken to my imam um and was that was that by your family and people around you that was by my family and my community and so you know at home i speak urdu and punjabi and there's no words for like gay lesbian bisexual in in our languages so my mom and dad like out of innocence took like um me to the uh, gp because they thought that there was sort of like something medically wrong with me yeah yeah and so um the doctor actually said he was again from an asian background really really supported me and he said look um you know there's nothing that we can do he is who he is um i was then sort of taken to my imam at the local mosque um and it's really weird like you know looking back on it now it's a lifetime ago but when you have sort of like pressure from like your family your mum and dad your community your imam and you don't sort of like you know have support out there or you feel like you know for years i felt like i was the 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 only gay muslim yeah. like in in the village as it were and i know that's stereotypical but i know a lot of people can relate to feeling like isolated and feeling like they're the only one yeah and i basically um i agreed to like um i went into like an engagement with my uh, cousin in pakistan and she was obviously a she um and i was at university at this point and i was just like i fell like into like a deep depression if i'm totally honest yeah. to you like my grades started falling behind and my university lecturers like pulled me aside and they were like look you're a bright kid what's happening here and i told them what was going on and luckily this was like a life changing moment they put me in touch with like lgbt groups in central london Amazing. and charities and that was and was that the first time you kind of were in touch with lgbt plus people yeah. for the first time yeah for the first time like you know comfortable and i met other gay muslims and lgbt like qi muslims and um i realized god i wasn't the only one yeah and i you know after like getting counseling and really like being comfortable with myself like um you know i think a lot of like lgbt plus people you know when you go to like the scene for the first time yeah it's so big that it feels so daunting yes and i guess i didn't know how to like be a part of that i guess and i i for years i didn't felt like i belonged because um i was brown i was different i identified as a muslim and i found it quite difficult but when i met other people like myself i was like okay i found my clique as it were yeah i th- i think i think that's a really really important point because i think you know the lgbt plus community can be 
unbelievably supportive and welcoming but, mm. but sometimes getting into the community mm. in the first place can be like you said an incredibly daunting experience especially if you are an intersectional minority you know because so many of these spaces that are supposedly lgbt plus yeah are just dominated by white cis gay men totally and so i'm really interested in knowing kind of like what your experience of meeting other lgbt plus muslims was and how that kind of gave you the i guess the comfort and the support to move fully into the lgbt plus community you know when like like you say like when you go to like a gay venue and this was quite a while ago mind you i mean i i do believe that things are changing now like you see yeah. so much more diversity on the scene but uh, you know even like 15 on years ago like i would walk in and i'd see like a majority sort of white um uh, you know, people and you know when you picked up a gay magazine, there wasn't a lot of diversity. Yeah. So you kind of you kind of felt okay. That's who I have to be, or that's sort of what I have to in, uh, aspire to to sort of be LGBT. But when I met you know LGBT Muslims for like the first time, I realised oh my god, okay, so there is diversity out there. There are people like myself out there, but at the same time, there's not a lot of uh, integration there's not a lot of inclusion and that's that's not anyone's fault mm -hmm. and i you know once i dealt with myself and and realized okay this is who i am i went back to my mom and dad i was like no i am gay i i want to um you know i want to marry one day i don't want to marry a woman i want to marry a man um and then i just began performing in drag and I, you know, I became Britain's first out Muslim drag queen. And I basically went about sort of talking about inclusion and diversity and bringing sort of like different people together because yeah. that was really important to me because I didn't want like LGBT Muslims just to keep themselves to themselves. I didn't want, you know, the scene, the mainstream scene, if you like. You wanted it all to or, be one. I wanted it just to bring people together and people to be comfortable with each other because... You know, we, we're so lucky to be living in Britain. We're so lucky. I mean, right now we're in London. Yeah. One of the most diverse cities in the world. It's like a world city. I'm so proud to be a Londoner. And I just, you know, I was just all up about bringing people together and breaking down the barriers. Because in our community, in our LGBT community, we, have, we are su such special people that we can, you know, be ourselves. We can live our lives and we can be whatever we want to be. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I think I think there's such like, um, I don't know. I think, you know, the public enemy number one right now is like cisgendered white um, males. And I'm just like, do you know what? I th they are who they are. And I'm not against anyone. I just want to bring people together. I want to love everyone. And um, I want us to like, you know, accept each other's differences because mm -hmm. that is what makes our community such a melting pot of hot curry sauce. Yes, it, is, it is really is what makes London so special, mm. as you said. I'm really interested to know kind of how attitudes within the Muslim community mm. changed from yourself, you know, coming out, being the first Muslim drag queen, your transition. How, mm. how did your community react? And have you found that being so open and out and proud about it, have you seen attitudes start to change? So when I uh, face uh, like when I first came out like publicly, um, you know, some people may remember that I did like um, a Channel Four documentary called yeah. Muslim Drag Queens, and literally when you know I started like doing like big public uh, facing things, 
Yeah, it it was quite quite challenging and quite hard because you know from within my community, the Muslim community, I would get death threats. I would get like you know emails, like letters to my door saying you know uh, don't think like we don't know where you live, where your mum and dad mm-hmm. live, for example. And to start with, it was so difficult because. I felt like, okay, even though there were so many LGBTQI Muslims out there, I felt publicly I was the first one to really go out there and sort of put my neck on the line in many ways. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, I, I, I never really see myself as a role model. I just see myself as someone who just wants to be themselves. And again going back to like my early years of not telling my mum and dad I knew that if I were to like become public and go out there I knew that I would have to face these things and you know a lot of people like if they get hate online or if they get hate um, you know out there I think the thing is like oh block 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 I'm one of those people I don't block hatred because I want people to see, I want that to be visible, that look, a lot of people like myself from like intersectional uh, minorities have to go through a lot of, you know, as much as I get love, I get hate as well. Yeah. And I want people to see that. I don't want to censor that because I think by seeing that, then the issue can be you know um challenged challenged. we can try and we can change it and you know now i'm sitting here today 2018 i've been you know public for a number of years i have to say there has been a massive change like so many younger people from within the community have like um how can i say you know they come to the club nights for example that i run they you know i get mums tweeting me or instagramming me saying look I think my son is gay or, you know, my son or my daughter wants to transition, for example. How do I go about it? You know, I get so many people like asylum seekers from within the community, like, you know, getting in touch, saying, look, we need some help or, you know, attitudes are changing left, right and center. And, you know, right now, like there's so much politics out there, like Brexit, Trump, LGBT, trans issues are like right on the forefront at the moment. And I just think that, um, you know, ultimately, the Muslim community in Britain will change its attitudes, definitely, because it's inevitable that people will evolve and their opinions will change. I mean, 50 odd years ago, you know, homosexuality was criminalized in this country. Yeah. And if you look at the amount of work that's been done, especially in the last 20 years, like socially, so much has changed that, you know, um, I've, you know, if we talk to like older generations of LGBT plus people, what they've had to put up with, like in the 80s and 70s and 60s, we owe a lot to them because Absolutely. they were, you know, they were public. They were rallying in those early prides. They mm. were, you know, going about changing certain laws. Um, and I think that's probably what's going to happen to the Muslim community as well. I, th- I think attitudes are changing really rapidly mm. nowadays as well. Mm. You know, when we're going back to 60s, 70s, 80s, etc., I feel mm. progress was so slow. Mm. You know, it would take years to change the laws to begin with, and then mm. it would take more years for attitudes to start to change. But mm. now I feel like we're really getting to a place where that kind of change is very, very rapid. Yeah. And I've, I've even seen this personally. You were mentioning, you know, about people online sending hate and things like that. Mm. I've seen people go from telling me that I'm going to burn in hell Mm. to saying, 
you know, I was in a bad place before. Thank mm. you so much for being authentically yourself. That yeah. has really been a kind of light to show me mm. and, and, and show me the error of my ways and, mm. and, and change things. So mm. I really like what you were saying about not blocking people. Mm. But, you know, at the same time, if anyone's listening and they are getting hate online, they don't mm. feel like they can handle it. I think, mm. blo- you know, absolutely block. But Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of support out there as well. Like people, if you are getting hate in any form, whether it's online, whether it's... I mean, online is the easiest way for anyone to get hate. But don't... F- suffer in silence because I suffered in silence for many years and it's only when I reached out you know and I realised there were all these support groups there were all these services for LGBT plus people you know don't um don't suffer in silence. There's so many friends and uh, for you to make yet, and there's so much like support out there for you. Absolutely. Um, I really, really want to talk a little bit more about this. Mm. But before we do that, um, mm. I only just found out this. This is brand new news to me, but you've actually made some music. I have. So I constantly like write songs and um, I find like songs um, are an easy way for me to like express myself. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, like I came out as trans like last year and I started yeah. my uh, transition. And um, a lot of people like do vlogs. A lot of people do pictures. A lot of people, you know, do all sorts of things to like, you know, express. keep a record yeah, yeah, of, sure. of their transition and express themselves. I did it via song and this song, you know, I I, I wrote with a few people and, uh, you know, the idea sort of came up when um, I was just feeling low one day and you know I think I think mental health isn't just sort of confined to the trans community I think mm-hmm. all of us in the LGBT plus community can really identify with those days that are so hard you know it's so hard to be yourself that sometimes it's just easier to be what other people want you to be Yeah, and this is just a song about when you're finding it hard and when you feel like you're not being understood Amazing. and that's all it's about Well, I I couldn't give it a better intro than that. So this is You Don't Know How I Feel by the lovely, beautiful Asifa Lahore. so lovely to hear your song there i am gonna i'm gonna have to have another listen to that later on because we were chattering away yes we were that was playing (laughs) um we were kind of talking about identity politics i guess Mm. just now and Mm. and 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 for you growing up and you you know you were you had your muslim identity and then you had to come out as gay and then you were embracing the lgbt plus community and became a drag queen and then recently came out as a trans woman Mm. and how that, it must have been difficult. I know you were just saying right now that you considered coming out twice to be a privilege. Mm. But did you feel that it was almost it must have been hard to come out another time, you know, with with so many, with the world's eyes on you as well? Mm. I mean, you know, the first time I came round, it was such a journey. You know, it was so um, challenging, traumatic. Like I had to think about so many different things, community, family, myself, mm-hmm. safety. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, um, God, like, do I want to go through all of that 
again. And it was a tough decision to make because in many ways it wasn't even a a decision because you know who you are. I mean, once I realized and came to the conclusion, okay, I'm a trans woman, um, how do I then sort of not unpick what what's gone on before i'm never ashamed of my past i'm very very happy with what i've done so far in my mm-hmm. life but it's like how do i get to where i know i want to be and how do i bring the inside to the outside you know how do i go from being a sifa lahore britain's first out muslim drag queen to a sifa lahore trans woman mm-hmm. every day day in day out um and one of the big things was um um when I came out to my parents um and exited that you know that engagement I then went on to um enter into a gay marriage with a guy I loved so much I met him at, at university uh and he was a muslim too he was a gay muslim as well um and very much like you know um very much like the love of my life up until that point. Mm-hmm. And for many years, like, you know, once I started my drag career, once I started my activism and, you know, once I came into the, the spotlight, I basically, um, you know, when the sort of gender discussion has been out there, I'd say now for the last two or three years, like trans issues have really been out yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they've caused everyone to sort of question their gender as to mm. what exactly people are comfortable with, you know, the, the social constructs behind gender. And, you know, when I would discuss with my husband about transitioning, it was quite a big topic. And, you know, he identifies as a gay man. He wants to be with another gay man. Yeah. And I think for him, it's, you know, and I, you know, I, I hold no sort of animosity bef- uh, against him or other gay men that want to be with, with gay men. I get it. Yeah. And, you know, I had to think about a lot. Like, it must, it must be an incredibly hard decision when you're, when you know, you're, de- you're deciding between your, your identity mm. and, and, and who you know that you are mm. and, and, and a person mm. that you love. It must yeah. be a very, very hard decision to make. Really, really hard because, you know, up, up, up until that point, it's like, okay, I kind of felt that I had reached the, I know it's going to sound weird, but I've reached the pinnacle of my gay life. Like I've got, yeah. I've got the career, I've got the gay husband, I've got you know acceptance from my family, I've got, I've got everything. Yeah. Everything's hunky dory. Do I then want to come out and, and, and tip the balance exactly? And then who knows what's going to happen? And because you know the first time was such a roller coaster ride, um, it was quite a tough decision to make. But ultimately, you know. Bef- pre-transition I, 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 I've I gone on stages I, I've done shows and I've talked about authenticity I've talked about being yourself no matter how difficult it is yeah. is get the support and be yourself and I then couldn't go back and go back on the words that I had said to like millions of people Absolutely. and not be myself yeah um, so I, you know, I, I I came out as trans. I exited my marriage. We're still good friends, by the way. Like, we're really, really good friends. I don't want to, you know, paint this really horrible <laughs> picture. But we're really good friends. We still keep in touch. He's with someone else now, which is great. That's lovely. And I, you know, went on to, you know, hormone therapy and 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 sort of my journey. And I've I've been 
in transition now for a year and a half and I have absolutely no regrets I, I absolutely love who I am and I mean today I've just come from I've come to this interview from my first laser uh, session I'm on my so, downstairs bits. so excited to hear about this please t- <laughs> tell, tell us all okay so the last year and a half I've been taking hormones and everything's been going great I mean I'm blossoming I'm uh, growing boobs like natural boobs I'm like a size 80 now like a really full size I love my boobs. Um, And I'm obviously going through um, gender reassignment surgery. So what happens is I've got to have laser for about six sessions. And what that means is literally that I've got to have a laser on my bits. Yes. Everywhere. Um, uh, a literal laser. Surgery, a literal laser. <laughs> and I know the thought must be like scary to a lot of people, but it isn't as bad as it, as it seems. Yeah. I mean, it's painful, yes. But what I had to do today, for example, I had to put an hour and a half before the session, I had to put numbing cream on. And the cream, basically, you've got to kind of like lather, lather it on, like everywhere. And I'm talking like penis, balls, um, like the anal area, the bit the in between. The whole shebang. Everything. Yeah. And then you get cling film. And you kind of create a nappy around yourself. Oh, my gosh. So that it stays, it stays on, basically. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, and then I was like, okay, let me just cling film myself. And then I thought, okay, let me try and get some underwear on. And I couldn't because it was just like a cling- massive yeah. nappy. <laughs> so I, I, I literally had to get on the tube and everything with like this like rustling plastic <laughs> around me. It was so like weird. And by the time I got to the salon... I could feel absolutely nothing. Like So I, completely numb. Absolutely numb. It felt, oddly enough, like I didn't have a penis. Like, yeah. I touched my penis a few times. And you couldn't feel anything. But I just anything. couldn't feel anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. But what you want when you're going in for a laser? Exactly. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, um, my, it didn't hurt on my penis. It didn't hurt on like the top part of like your pubic area. It did hurt on like my balls, like really, okay. really yeah. badly. But had I not had the numbing cream there, it would have been like a tro. Like I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, it was over in ten minutes. Yeah. So. Um, so it's not something. It's not something people should be afraid of. No, 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 no. I mean. You know, what I'll say is like, you know, I know a lot of guys are listening right now. Not a lot. I know a lot of girls and a lot of people are listening right now. Right. So hair removal, I think, on the whole is like such a big thing in our community. Right. We want to look presentable. We want to look nice. We want, you know, potential lovers, potential girlfriends, boyfriends, people, whatever. We want to look nice. Right. So laser, I would say, is the way forward. Whether you're getting it down there, whether you're getting it back there, yeah. you know, whether you're getting it on your chest, on your armpits, on your face even. I, I've actually been considering getting the laser on my face. Really? Um, yeah. And for a long time, I thought, you know, is that a bit of a dramatic thing to do? Mm. But, you know, I, I started growing facial hair when I was around 13, 14 years old. Okay. And always hated it. Never, yeah. Never liked it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 28 years old now. Yeah. And I, and, I, and I still don't want it. Yeah. And, you know, I think when I first expressed this, I think I kind of maybe expressed it to my parents when I was younger. Okay. You know, it was kind of laughed off. Oh, that's silly. You're, you know, you're a boy. You grow you grow facial hair. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, I don't... I shave every day because I don't want it there. Yeah. So, you know, and I think it's I think it's valid. You don't have to be trans or non-binary to... Exactly. ...do something that makes you feel more comfortable in do your body. Do you know body. the amount of, like, gay guys and straight guys that hate shaving every day, that, yeah. that want that smoothness, that want... You know, I mean, you're 
you're really good looking you've got great skin like why wouldn't you want to show it off right yeah thank you and <laughs> you know like it's it's just one of those things like you just you just have to if that's what you want you do it yeah. you know and um it is very much about hair reduction like you can reduce your hair through laser you can get rid of it completely um i mean i i i'm an advocate i'm an advocate for you know being yourself and authenticity if you want to do it like do it yeah. you know I, I think it's really great as well that you're so happy to speak so openly about something that a lot of people would consider well and it is very personal it is mm, a very personal mm, thing but mm. i think you speaking so openly mm, about it you know mm. it's it's really refreshing mm. and and you know there'll be people out there listening who hear that and it's giving them the information that they need because i i never knew that this was part of the process i literally never knew that and there are people out there who you know maybe considering transitioning or mm. even or even just hair removal etc totally i mean imagine like what the laser also does is say if you're shaving down there constantly uh we all hate like ingrown hairs yeah like girls will tell you they hate them on their legs and whatnot the good thing about laser is if you've got like lots of ingrown hairs it will just get rid of it. It will vanish your yeah. ingrown hairs. And, you know, um, I'm very body positive. I'm very much like, you know, respect yourself, respect your identity, respect your body. And when you do that, like, the amount of love you'll get from yourself to your body and from others, like, you know, we're all sexy people. We all have sexual desires. Yeah. If you want to get rid of the hair down there, anywhere in your body, do it. Like, it is, you know, it shouldn't... I know it's such a personal journey for yeah. everyone. We all want, you know, in our minds, the perfect body. For me, I'm very happy being slim. And I really, I hate body hair, like anywhere yeah. on myself. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, uh, the hairless I can be, the, the, it's the heaven. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's, yeah, it, was, it was so wonderful to hear you being so open. And, and, and speaking of being open, um, later on in the show, we are going to be reacting to people's sex confessions. So if okay. you are listening and you would like to send us in your sex confession, you can do that anonymously by emailing Callum at FUBARradio.com. I think we should have a little bit more music. Um, are you a fan of Todrick Hall? Oh, yes, of course. Who isn't? Amazing. So this is Dem Beats featuring RuPaul. They don't make them beats like they used to, they don't make them beats. They don't make them beats like they used to, they don't make them beats. They don't get their life like they used to, they don't get their life. They don't take the night like they used to, they don't take the night like they used to. They don't make them beats like they used to, they don't make them beats. They don't make them beats like they used to, they don't make them beats. They don't get their life like they used to, they don't get their life. I love Todrick Hall. Were, were you at Manchester Pride by any chance? I wasn't, no, not this year, but I heard what happened. So, what, wait, what happened? Well, I heard that he went down a storm. Oh my God, yeah, yeah he was yeah. absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. It was the first time I'd seen him perform and it was just absolutely phenomenal. Mm. And he's every bit as fabulous as, as anyone can imagine. So oh, of course. I mean, was, wow. Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, I thought we'd have a bit of fun. Okay. Um, so we're going to play a little game now. Um, and this is, this is a favourite. This game is called Porn or Not Porn. 
Oh, nice. Okay. So I have some sound effects here. Some of them have been taken from porn. Okay. And some of them have been taken from not porn. Okay. And our theme this week is Lady Gaga. And that's mm. because of all the hype around the new Bradley Cooper yep. um, Lady Gaga movie. Okay. Um, it's his direct directorial debut. Which oh, is quite, nice. You know, very okay. exciting. So, uh, yes, our theme is Lady Gaga. So we have to figure out which ones of these are porn and which ones of these are just Gaga. I don't know the answers either. Okay. We're in this together. Okay. Um, and the lovely producers are going to tell us if we're right or wrong. Okay. Are you excited? I am so excited. I love porn. <laughs> I love porn. Me too. Mm. I love porn. All right. Here's our first one. That's awesome. That's awesome. She, that sounds, oh, I'm that's Gaga. Gaga. That is so Gaga. It is, isn't that it? That is so Gaga. Or it's either Gaga or they've found a porn actress who sounds exactly like her. Or maybe trip, maybe it's a porn up. video that is happening while Gaga is speaking. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's one of the, it could be. be but very, that is so Gaga. That would be a very specific. I'm, yeah, I mm. think we're saying Gaga. Mm. We, we're saying Gaga. That is our final answer. Yeah. Oh no! What? We got it wrong. Oh, I was no. about to congratulate us. No, that was porn. That was hot blonde flashes pussy for perv stepdad. Wow. Oh wow. The blonde okay. was sitting at the dinner table and then dropped a spoon. And when she bent over, she wasn't wearing underwear. Oh, how how rather sexy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a bit disappointed. I'm like, oh, I was so sure that was Lady Gaga. Should we have that? Let's listen to that again. Yeah. That's awesome. It really sounds that like her, sounds doesn't it? a lot like Lady Gaga, yeah. Oh, they've really tricked us oh, there. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right, our next one is... Oh, that, oh, that's come on, that slurp at the end. That is so porn. But what if it's just, you know, her? She's my, Lady Gaga licking her lips or taking a nice long slurp of her drink? Play it again, play it again. There's a moan there. Yeah. There's a little moan yes, there as well. yes. I think it's porn. Oh, yeah, I think it's porn mm. as well. Shall we see? I swear to God, if it's not porn. I yeah, know. I'm tell us the answer. Going. It is porn, Yay! yes! <laughs> <laughs> it is fucking young Russian goddess by the pool. I love the names. Ooh, I love the names. Okay. Girl okay. on a pool chair and guy was cleaning her high heels by licking them. Oh, Ooh, so that's... Oh, that's very sexy. Oh, let's, let's hear that one more time. Yeah, he's oh, really he's really yeah, appreciating yeah, that shoe. He is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. All right. Do you know the amount of guys that love high heels? I it's I mean the foot fetish is the yeah, biggest yeah, yeah, fetish yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people are really 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 into feet. Mm. Um even sometimes, you know, if I if I post a picture mm. online mm. and my foot is like just vaguely in the picture in the yeah. corner, sometimes I don't even realize my foot is in it. Yeah. I instantly start getting like tagged on like Instagram foot fetish pages. Really? And I don't mind, you know. I'm like, yeah, you know, I bet enjoy you've yourself. Got gorgeous feet though. What size, what size <laughs> shoe are you? I'm a 10. Oh, yeah, okay. You've got nice feet. They're, oh, they're a bit, they're a bit, oh. They're, mm, Let's I, go to a pedicure <laughs> together then. Yeah, okay, fair, mm. fair. I'll scrub them up, get them yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, our next one. I love it here. Oh, come on. That is so Gaga. That, yeah, I was going to say Gaga. Mm, is is it, you so mean Gaga, Gaga but yeah. I think they're trying to trick us up. Play it again. I love it here. Oh, you love it here. Okay. Oh, it could be porn. It, I instantly went to Gaga and now, yeah. I'm, now I feel like porn. I okay. love it here. I love it here. Do you know what? It sounds like Gaga, though. It sounds so much like Gaga. Do you, oh, I, there's a little, like, naughty little smile there. And I know Gaga likes to have fun, but mm. there's something. there's something almost sexual you know do you hear that i love it here 
Yes. I feel really giggle. bad if this is Gaga now and I'm saying she just sounds sexual. Okay. Let's I think it's Gaga, you think it's porn. Oh, so, we're gonna split. So yeah. Okay, let's split. fine. Okay, yeah. I'm saying porn. Yep. Who is correct? It is not porn. <laughs> it is Lady Gaga talking about Nashville. She was doing a dive bar tour performance there. Okay. Do you know why I thought it was Gaga? Because it sounded really similar to the intro of Born This Way. The, the, oh. the tone. I was like, okay, this sounds a lot like her tone. Oh. Mm. And she goes, put your paws up. I was you, like, okay. <laughs> you should be a detective. Mm. <laughs> Next one. It's rehearsal time. What is she saying? It's rehearsal time, I think. It's rehearsal time. That is not Gaga. That, no, that's, that, porn. that's porn. That's, that's porn. So porn. We are saying yes, porn. porn. We're confident. Oh, we're so bad at this. this oh, is, not is it porn. Gaga? That does not sound like it Gaga. It doesn't sound like Gaga. It's rehearsal time. Oh, I guess No, it sounds so. more like Britney. Uh, it does sound like yeah, Britney. it sounds like Britney. Apparently, it's a Snapchat video of Lady Gaga on her way to the Super Bowl rehearsal. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, we're not okay, doing better. No. You're doing better than I am. Okay. You're, you're one point ahead of me. Okay, brilliant. All right, this is the last one. Let's redeem ourselves. I love her. Ooh, oh. oh, that's tough. Okay, let's be honest. It sounds like Gaga, but it also sounds like porn. It sounds like, yeah, it could yeah. be either. Play it again. I love her. No, it's porn. That is porn. That is definitely porn. Okay, d- I, I agree. I think it's definitely porn. It's the tone. It's yeah. The, there's a sexual pleasure. There's, you know. And mm. I feel like it's like she's been shown a picture like, oh, what do you think of this lady where you might be able to have sex with later? And she says... I love her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or she just could be being licked out and oh, she could just oh, know, maybe. I and her. she's verbally yeah. expressing how yeah. much she's enjoying herself. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. All right, porn. We're saying porn. It's not porn. I'm so what? sorry, Lady Gaga. What? I'm so sorry. This is Lady Gaga looking at some fan art. Someone had made her a doll wearing one of her iconic looks. Oh, I feel like I've just uh, Okay, I feel sullied. really let down. My, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not being funny, but how can Lady Gaga look at a doll in such a sexual manner? I, yeah, it right? it sounds so sexy. It sounds so sexy. Well, she oh. is a sexy lady. Well, of course, but <laughs> a doll? Well, actually saying that, you know, people have sex dolls all it's the time. It's true. It's mm. true. Mm. Well, um, that well, we 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 did abysmally there. Oh. Um, let's let's have another fabulous lady. This is the absolutely incredible Goldfrap. It is time for everyone's favourite part of the show. It's time to react to some sex confessions. So thank you so much to everyone who has sent one in. Um, Would you like to read the first one, Asifa? Okay, so one thing you need to know about me. In the the great, you know, world of intersectionality, I'm also visually impaired. Oh, so shall I read them? Yeah, that would work better. (laughs) Okay. I lost my virginity in a threesome and it was how I realised I am poly. Oh wow! That's very, very. That's that. What? Wow. What a moment to be enlightened and be like, oh right, th- this is for me. Totally. Th- this is what I want. And I, I think that really it kind of emphasizes the importance of experimentation. You, totally. you know, sometimes you can't realize that you want something or you like something until until you try until it. Until you try it. I mean, what I'm like really like 
you know, I'm inspired and I admire this person because I'm just like, wow, like for your first time, you had a threesome. Like, yeah. You know, yeah, your yeah. virginity lost in a threesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. How super confident and, you know, body confident and sexual, sexually I, confident, right? I also lost my virginity in a threesome. Oh, wow. Well, not my, not my anal penetrative virginity, right, okay, but, okay. But, but the first time I had a, a sexual encounter, right, it was literally you, you know, fully naked, it was with oh two guys. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Um, it was my first boyfriend and our mate. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, full admiration. You know, full admiration. <laughs> I mean, I do that now. Don't get yeah, me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first time round, oh, my God like I don't think a lot of people would have that experience possibly mm. of, of losing their virginity in a threesome so I, good I, on them but being honest though I think mm. I would have I think I would have rather lost my virginity one on one it was just that you know I I, I, I wanted sex I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd hidden my sexuality for so long and, yeah. and finally I had this amazing yeah. guy and there was this other gorgeous other guy gorgeous guy yeah. and I was like well I, how can I say no of you course. know and I yeah, had yeah, a great yeah. time and I don't regret it but I think good. if if I could have made the decision at the time, I think yeah. I would have rather done it one on one and then right. and then stepped it up to the threesome. Sure, but, sure, sure. But, but hey, wow. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our next confession is: I tried to sleep with a guy. We were both bottoms, and things were not going well. He then invited his mate around, who then did it with both of us. There's a lot of threesomes <gasps> happening in our confessions today. Okay, I've I've got quite a lot to say on this. So mm. obviously, like you know, when I identified as a gay man, I was a bottom. Yeah, and. You you know when you're going out clubbing and when you're pulling and whatnot, top or bottom isn't the first conversation you have. No. It just, you know, you like someone or, you know, when you're online, you just like someone. Totally. Now, if you're really digging someone and suddenly you find out that they're bottom... For some people, it could be quite a big deal. For me, it isn't at all. I'm like, you know, come round. I'm happy to rim you. I'm happy to lick you out. Yeah. I'm happy to, you know, give you a blowjob. I've got sex toys. We can do all sorts of things. And, you know, if I'm honest, I've never had any complaints from other bottoms. Yeah. For some people... It's, it's make or break. A, exactly. It's just like, no, I'm not going to go there. But, wow, kudos to these two. I, 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 think it's, I think it's a great way to compromise. I'm not saying that you mm. have to compromise mm, in a relationship. Mm, you know, mm. if you feel you're not sexually compatible with somebody, that's absolutely valid. But also, I, I, you know, there are ways to compromise. And sometimes, you know, if you're both bottoms and you love each other and you want to stay together, but exactly. you both kind of feel that you need that penetration. Of and course. Then, and you're comfortable with inviting another person. Then yeah. What a great solution. Totally. You know, we invite a guy around and we'll take it in and turns. Romantic. I was going to say that's something quite romantic. I mean, it's romantic. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of people, you know, they see threesomes as that, you know, just sexual and and there's and it's the the end of romance and and it's dirty and it's not like no, not at all. I think there's something really. In a, in a bizarre way, there's something quite special yeah. about doing that and, and sharing that experience. I mean, the first word that sort of came to me in this scenario was intimacy. You know, you've got two bottoms here that really love each other. They're then being penetrated by another person. Yeah. You know, they're sharing something. Absolutely. And it's quite like, oh, it's turning me on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we have time for one, maybe two more. Let, let's try one more. Um, I once sent my husband a sext. However, I forgot to change the chat and ended up sending it to the family chat with oh. my three sons. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I would want to know what the reaction of everybody else was. Yeah. I that's, just That's the big deal. I mean... Oh, I mean, it's kind of, it's. I, I wouldn't feel ashamed. No, I would no. feel like, oh, fuck, like, what yeah. have I just done? Because you're exposing your, your intimate 
parts and an intimate lifestyle to your your family essentially and that, that there is a there is a kind of weird stigma around sex and, and family members and, of course, and, and, and you know yeah. you don't talk about sex with your family members yeah. some people do and yeah, i think yeah, that's yeah, wonderful yeah. but you yeah, know yeah. That, that it's always that big taboo isn't it and i think you know if i received an accidental sex from one of my parents i'd i was going to say would, i yeah. would not i would not enjoy that no not at all <laughs> it would just be like freak me out like yeah. if, you know if mom and dad sent me something but um it's interesting because if my sister sent me something i would just laugh it off Yes, it's, it's a different vibe with it different is family a different members, vibe, right? But yeah, totally. I think if I got something from my brother, then I think I would just be like, "Oh God, this oh is awkward," God. but also funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I would course. immediately show my mates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. All right, let's do one more. I've never had sex before, but my friends make assumptions, and I agree with them. I'm the sluttiest virgin ever. Oh, and I, I, you know, I, th- I do think, and I, and, and I'm saying "slut" as a wonderful, positive word here. Mm, I'm not saying mm, it as a, as, mm, as a bad word. Shaming, I'm saying, yeah. you know, be proud of being a slut. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do think being a slut can be a mindset. You know, sometimes totally. I feel like a massive slut, but yeah. I'm not being sexually active. But in my mind, I'm. Yeah. You know, one thing I place. do is on stage. So, you know, we're sort of coming towards the end of Pride season now. Yeah. And what I did this Pride season, I've done like numerous prides and what i would do before going on is okay today i'm gonna be the biggest slut ever yeah and it's if if i channel that while i'm performing you know it just it just oozes out of you like a a sexual confidence a a performing confidence yeah you know i'm hitting all the high notes because i'm just channeling something about it yeah it's it's sexual power there's 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 um ariana grande Mm. dangerous woman Mm. i put that song on Mm. and i feel that sexual slutty energy yes. and it makes me feel confident it makes yes. me feel powerful yes um and just a, just a moment ago we were discussing um you know football fans and sometimes when walking through big crowds of football fans mm, i feel mm, very intimidated mm, this happened to me recently okay. put that song on and i just like and it just infuses through power them and, yeah. it, and you feel powerful yeah, so that, yeah, yeah you know there is something quite there's there's something quite special there I think. yes be proud of being a slut absolutely mm-hmm. um and, and what, what a wonderful note to end the show on be <laughs> proud of being a slut that does bring us to the end of the show you have been an absolutely incredible guest you've been so much fun but you also had so many insightful things to say and like i said at the beginning of the show i've been so excited to get you on and you were a tremendous inspiration to me and so many other people Aww, so thank you so, I mean, thank so, you lovely so to much have for having you here. me Callum. it's pleasure absolutely if people want to follow you and your journey and everything else where can they do that so basically go to twitter at a seafood Lahore, same with Instagram at Asifa Lahore. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to play you out with a little bit of the amazing Jesse St. John. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.